This week, we learn about an award-winning program that helps companies tap the talents of neurodivergent people. Plus, we look at another organization developing technology to support that mission. Hi, I'm Karen Unland. And I'm Faiza Ramji, and this is Bloom, the podcast about innovation in Edmonton. Hi, Faiza. I am wondering if you consider yourself neurodivergent or if you have anybody within that's close to you who you would describe as such. You know, I never thought that I was neurodivergent, but I've recently, well, you know, I've kind of self-diagnosed this and then a, a doctor confirmed it, but I always wonder if it's even true or not. But I do have some adult ADHD or some undiagnosed ADHD. And, you know, the more I think about it, like as I watch TV shows and I read a bunch of things feels to me like it's not about being neurodivergent or non it's more about like what what spectrum where along the spectrum are you when it comes to neurodiversity so I'm starting to change my my lens of what neurodivergent means yeah I really do think that we are lacking in vocabulary for describing how different brains work differently and any divergence from the norm is kind of like stops us for a while. I think a lot about this because my son, John, uh, who is 17, is a person who has enough neurodivergence that you would notice. And I thought, given the topic that we have today, uh, it would be interesting to hear a little bit from him before we dive into our interview. My name is John. I have autism spectrum disorder, ADHD, and Tourette's, and I make spreadsheets for fun. <laughs> Some people see autism as a disorder or a disability, but I don't get the idea that you see it that way. So I want to know, how do you see it? It's like a, there's a lot of like little bees in the, in the brain that uh, make me like spreadsheets and not sitting still. That's how <laughs> I think it works. But it's literal bees. <laughs> What are you good at? Spreadsheets. What else? Gathering information, I think. Mm -hmm. I have a collaborative project with my friends that requires me to get some contact information for people who want to talk to. And I've been able to get a lot of that really quickly. I've been able to find uh, images and texts that no one else has as we're looking into the same things I am. What's hard for you? Rocks. <laughs> okay. What is hard for you to accomplish? Just doing things that don't immediately spark interest in me. If I can't immediately grapple onto it, I space out or I just sit there and think about anything else. Mm -hmm. What do you think would be a good job for you? Uh, I would enjoy getting paid to do absolutely nothing. Okay. If on the rare occasion that that was not possible, what would you like? Uh, I like to make spreadsheets for fun. I assume someone might want to pay me to make spreadsheets, and that'd be nice. What else do you want people to know uh, about people whose brains work the way yours does? They're very dangerous. <laughs> no. You should You should be wary. We are coming for you. Okay, but really... I don't know. Be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, John. So that's my boy. What do you think? 
first of all, I love how he answers your questions. I think yeah. it's, uh, it just it just illustrates to me the way you know you said it earlier. You talked about enough away from the norm, and mm-hmm. I feel like the norm is something that we have created in our own, like we've kind of defined what the norm is based on something that doesn't even suit as many people as we think it does. Um, And so it's funny when you ask a question, how people interpret that question and how they'll answer it, right? And I think that to me is the exact illustration of what neurodiversity and neurodivergence is. It's like no two people will think the exact same way about a question or an answer. So um, yeah, I, I think it's like, you know, the perfect, perfect illustration of what we're talking about. <laughs> and uh, you can hear in that clip, he's really smart and he's really funny. Yeah. And uh, I know from his experience with school that it's going to be really hard for him to get a job. So I have a pretty invested interest in the art topic this week. Uh, I got to talk to Jenna Gauthier. She is a manager of the Autism Can Tech program at Norquest College. It aims to prepare autistic youth between the ages of 18 and 30 to work in the digital economy and also to prepare employers to make the best use of their talents. Autism Can Tech recently won an Aztec Award for Social Innovation for its work in promoting inclusion, and it also received a grant recently to explore training um, neurodivergent learners in the use of XR. So here's my conversation with Jenna Gauthier of Autism Can Tech. Welcome to Bloom, Jenna. Thanks so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. So this is a show about innovation. And this strikes me as such an innovative approach to education. So that's why I wanted to talk to you. Let's start with just how and why Autism Can Tech got started. So the reason Autism Can Tech got started is because we know that there's so much that these young people have to contribute. And we know that there's so many barriers they face in education and in gaining employment. And so the way this got started was some great minds came together and said, what if we build a program that effectively bridges both and targets an in-demand area of the economy? And so what our program really does is it builds that bridge for these youth to go from post-secondary education get the training they need to have in-demand skills, gain work experience, and then go into work. Is it a made in Edmonton thing? Yeah, absolutely. So this idea was conceptualized um, by some great minds at Norquest College and in community. Um, And so we went ahead and applied for a grant through um, the government of Canada. So we're actually funded in part by the government of Canada under the Youth Employment and Skills Strategy. And this is actually a national initiative. So while it was conceptualized locally in Edmonton at Norquest College. We also have partners at Douglas College in Vancouver, as well as Humber College um, in the GTA to deliver this program on a national level to these individuals. So it started locally. Yeah, has really expanded across all of Canada um, at this time. So it's quite exciting. And describe a little bit what the need is, both on the side of the learners and on the side of the companies that can benefit from employing them. So to start with the need on the side of the learners, when we think about this population and really setting them up for success, what we've learned 
so far in our program, and we're continuing to learn, is that creating easy, accessible pathways into programs is really important. Creating safe spaces for learning and really supported learning environments so that we can meet learners where they're at. So as we know, no two learners are ever the same. And I think what we're learning with this group in particular is we really want to be responsive to what they're telling us their needs are. And our program is providing the opportunity for many, the first opportunity for purely autistic voices to be heard in a class environment and for those to be responded to in a really meaningful way. So from the way our learning management system is structured to the way we conceptualize and deliver curriculum to the training of our faculty and the way that they deliver their courses and support their classes. Everything is really tailored to this learner group and what they're telling us they want and what they're telling us they need. Um, So it's provided a really unique opportunity for them to have a safe space for their learning amongst their peers and a really great opportunity for us to learn how to better serve these learners. On the industry side, what we're learning is there's lots of great work being done in EDI in the space, lots of organizations really want to in, like increase the diversity and inclusion in their workplaces. And it's really hard to operationalize those plans. People have the passion and the drive, and it's really hard to actually make that happen. And sometimes getting the process going in a really meaningful way can be difficult. And so what we're finding um, on the industry side is because we're there alongside them in partnership providing training, coaching, and support. They're really having a lot of success with bringing these young people on board for work experiences and often for employment opportunities after the work experience is done. But what they're reporting back to us is that need for that additional training, that awareness, so they can better understand autism, so that they know how to successfully support and include these young people in their workplaces, because I think so much they want to, but they don't always know how. So we're really helping them get there with that how to do it. And what drew you to want to be involved in this? So I've been working in this space for well over a decade now, um, but I also have a really personal connection to autism. So my eldest nephew is autistic. He's currently just started his first year of university, which is very exciting. And just really seeing his life journey and what we needed to do to support his success in a really neurotypical system that has a lot of built-in barriers. It's a huge driving force for me just to make sure that future generations and young people aren't experiencing those same barriers in the same way and that we're really empowering them to move through these spaces in a way that's accessible and meaningful for them so they can meet their goals. On the employer side of things, some people want to do EDI, equity, diversity, and inclusion, because it feels like a good thing to do, or that ticks a box that makes the board happy or something like that. Um, But I get the impression that properly supported, the learners from Autism Can Tech, like, it's not a charity thing. It's not like, a, oh, isn't this, aren't we doing a nice thing? It's like introducing some talent and a different way of thinking that actually helps. 
that can be a sentiment where it's it's a feel good thing to hire somebody from a certain population. But for us, the way we view this is these are skilled workers and skilled young adults with a lot to give to any work environment. And what the research speaks to is that bringing diversity of thought into your workplace actually produces higher performing teams. And so by creating spaces in industry and welcoming neurodiverse youth into industry, we're accelerating innovation. We're pushing for new solutions. There was a young man who was hired on after his work experience and within the first week created a new way of doing a process that increased efficiencies within that organization. It can feel good. Of course, it always feels good to be a part of great work. But most importantly, it's an intelligent decision to be bringing neurodiversity into your workplace. It is going to bring amazing perspectives into the work you do and really help drive innovation within your organization and in tech in particular. That's really key as, as we know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of tech, you use uh, some software called RoboCoach that I think was developed by a local organization called Technology North. So tell me a little bit more about how you use RoboCoach and, and that relationship. You are correct. So RoboCoach is a software developed by Technology North Corp here in Edmonton. It is being developed as a part of um, our project currently and being explored for its use to support uh, autistic individuals on their work experiences and in employment. It supports task management. There's built-in wikis to support individuals to go back and check how they should proceed with certain tasks and activities in their work experience. There's built-in chats so they can connect with their supervisor or support person as required. There's even well-being checks that can be built in just to support individuals if they're having difficult days. So right now that's being developed as a part of our project to see how this kind of assistive technology really works in supporting autistic individuals in the workplace, but also making sure that it's a viable solution for industry at the same time. So the research on this is ongoing right now. That's the sort of procurement that can lead to interesting things, right? Like the, for, for Technology North to have a good first customer, I think, like Northwest College to de develop it. Is that how you would describe that relationship? Yeah. So actually, as a part of our grant, Technology North is further developing the software they already use within their organization. And then we're testing the scalability. Um, with time, we will also be exploring, um, fingers crossed, um, additional assistive technology. So really exploring what assistive tech is going to support or be useful for autistic young adults as they transition into work and really just and really helping kind of tease out when it's useful, who it's useful for, because we know we don't want a blanket strategy for everyone. We want to be able to offer up tools and resources and solutions that are going to be a good fit for the people we serve. And that is both the students and industry. So looking at different viable solutions to really help move this work ahead. So all of this work got you an award recently. So um, Autism Can Tech won an Aztec Award. Tell me more about 
what you were recognized for and what it means to receive that recognition? So we won um, an Aztec Award uh, in the category for Programs Promoting Autism and Neurodiversity Inclusion this year. Um, It's super exciting. It's such a great honor to have been amongst such great names who also received awards. And so this is really recognition for uh, the work our team is doing in the space in trying to promote neurodiversity inclusion, not only in post-secondary, but really in the tech industry and moving those initiatives forward. And so what an honor for Tech Alberta to select us. And I think really great validation for our team, for all the hard work Uh, that they're doing and, uh, you know, the difference they're trying to make in this space. I think it also shows a lot of the great innovative work that Norquest College is doing as well. Well, speaking of that, Norquest College also received a Higher Ed XR Innovation Grant from Unity and Meta Immersive Learning earlier this year. What is that grant going to allow Autism Cantech to do? That was also, we've been very busy, it seems. Um, that was also just like such an honor to receive. So I believe they had well over like 270 applications worldwide, and we were one of eight applications selected to receive the grant. Uh, and what this grant will allow us to do is look at their essential skills pathway, as well as um, some of their junior programmer curriculum, and really look take a closer look at how we can create an accessible framework in their curriculum for autistic individuals. And so really starting to push um, accessibility for autistic individuals in the XR space and in XR training. So just like we're creating accessible pathways through post-secondary and into employment in Autism CanTech um, in data analytics and digital asset management currently within our program, this is where we're hoping to start building that accessible pathway in XR. And so this is the start of that. This is where we're looking at what exists in their curriculum, their educator resources, how things are structured, and then mapping on um, an autistic accessible framework to really open the doors to this learner group and say, we want you in this space. We want you learning. We want your innovation, your creativity, your skills. Um, And so the way to start getting these young people into industry is to really intentionally get them into education in a way that is going to be supportive and accessible. Um, And so we're starting that journey with this grant, and then we'll be hoping to continue that. It's very early days on that, but eventually where it could lead to is like a similar kind of stream to what you have on in where you're training people to eventually work in like the gaming industry or or XR as training or the metaverse, however that turns out. Yeah. So that's that's the that's the dream. The goal is with additional funding that we can really apply the theoretical framework and the adjustment to curriculum to a cohort of autistic learners to really to validate and make sure that it's effective. You know, I don't want to do anything that doesn't have robust outcomes and actually meet the needs of our learners and industry. So the goal would be with further funding to then pilot this um, so that we can roll it out more broadly and so that it can be something that's accessible to other post-secondaries or other educators working in the space. So we can really start to draw in autistic learners 
uh, and start moving them into skilled work in XR. So it's the start of a very exciting journey for our team. My understanding is that Autism Cantech has that government funding that you spoke of until September 2023. Then what? Such a great, great and valid question. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yeah, we're currently grant funded and we are working very diligently as a team on a broader sustainability plan to make sure that we have the funds required to continue to operate our program in September 2023, because we really want to continue to build on this work and serve these learners. Um, so as a part of that work, we are exploring a variety of different things from additional grants to philanthropic donations to different kinds of program structures. So the work is ongoing and I'm incredibly privileged to work alongside some really skilled business development consultants at our college and in community and on our team to help us really move that sustainability planning ahead so that we can continue to do this work in a really meaningful way uh, and continue to have the impact that we want to have and accelerate and lift up autistic voices in this realm. If people want to help you with that dream, is now the time to get in touch or is there a later time to talk to you? I mean, people, if people want to help us with that dream, they can absolutely talk to us now. As we know, having these kinds of discussions always takes time and it's better to plan ahead and be able to work to operationalize things before you're down to the wire. So I'm always happy to talk with people, even if it's whether it's so they can support the sustainability dream or just if they want to learn more um, and how they can get involved in some other way. I'm always really happy to speak with people, connect them to the other members of our team that they may be interested in talking to. We're a very open, collaborative bunch, so always happy to chat. My understanding also is that the program is fully subscribed right now, uh, both on the learner and the employer side of things. So when would your next intake be? Well, on the learner side, we are currently full. However, if learners are interested, they can go to our website, so autismcantech.ca, and there is a expression of interest form that they can fill out. And what we'll do with that is we'll put them on a wait list. And then as soon as we have another delivery scheduled, we'll contact them. So while we're currently full, if anyone's interested, I'd encourage them to fill out that expression of interest form because then we can contact them um, as soon as we have things confirmed. On the industry side, I will say we are always looking for employer partners. We currently have about 17 learners going through some digital asset management training. I think we've got like another 17 or 18 going through our foundations and data analytics and business intelligence training. And we just started our first class going through our audio post-production training. So this will be our first time delivering in that area. Uh, and so we will be very diligently looking for individuals that need audio post-production work. So if you know anyone, send them our way. Yeah. So there's still quite a bit of opportunity for industry engagement and uh, we also have an employment transition coach whose sole role is to connect individuals who have completed our program with um, employment opportunities that match their skill set. 
basically we have many things that we need. So please don't hesitate to get in touch. (laughs) Is there an ideal profile for the kind of employer that would work well with this? For me, when I think of an ideal employer, if they have the desire to hire inclusively and want to learn more, and they're, they're open to working with us, they're ideal. That desire to learn and to include um, and that genuine interest in, in having one of our graduates come into their workforce is we will help them along the way. We have an accessibility and inclusion consultant that will work with industry. We have training. Our team will provide support um, and it's free of charge for the duration of the grant. So it's a good time to kind of jump on that offer. Yeah. There's quite uh, effusive um, testimonials from employers at ATB and Iron Mountain on your website, which we'll link to in the show notes so that people know that uh, other people have had a good experience. (laughs) Yeah, we've been very, we've been very um, fortunate in having some very strong industry partners who've become great allies for our program um, and really made wonderful work experiences and employment opportunities for our students. So I'm really thankful to those industry partners who jumped on board early and took a chance on us. Yeah. Is there anything about Edmonton that has made this a good place for this kind of educational innovation to take root? This is my bias. I kind of was born and raised here, but I think Edmonton is often kind of a quieter, underestimated space in many areas. And I think in tech, there's a lot of activity going on right now in Edmonton. And so I think that's where some of this creativity and drive comes from is is industry is picking up. There's lots of activity, lots of work going on in Edmonton and in Alberta in particular. And so programs to match that, that growing trend and the innovation in the industry space, education is going to need to follow. So I think Edmonton's pretty ideal for that. We tend to, the way I feel about Edmonton is that we tend to be innovators. We Um, And there's a lot of creativity and entrepreneurship in this space right now. So an ideal location. What is next then for Autism Can Tech? Right now, what is next currently? (laughs) Um, It's making sure our current um, group of over 60 students successfully complete their program, go out onto work experience, connecting with industry. And then for Autism Can Tech, it's building out that sustainability, making sure that we continue to deliver. It is going to be delivering a really incredible product on the Unity XR and Higher Ed grant. It is going to be looking for other grant opportunities, um, opportunities to collaborate and continue to build out our program and make sure that individuals in other places can benefit from the framework and that you know they can be included in other learning spaces and um, workplaces outside of where we currently deliver. So really trying to start the movement. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for telling me about this today. It's been uh, great to hear and uh, we'll spread the word. Thank you so much for having me.
So I'm such an Edmonton homer. I think that comes through all the time in this uh, in, in this podcast. And I I do th- so. I love the idea that this idea was born here. And I do think that a lot of that has to do with the unique institution that is Northwest College. Does that resonate with you? Yeah, big time. I feel like Northwest College is the place for anything that is as you said earlier, away from the norm, right? Like mm-hmm. I think when it comes to, you know, folks that are are new to this country or new to this city, uh, folks that belong to any sort of group that is not what we perceive or deem to be the majority, there's always some sort of niche programming that gets built at Northwest for them. And I think that's a, something that makes our community really special. I, I do think eventually they're, you know, Northwest College should, well, I'm sure it is growing a lot, but it kind of feels to me like that one shouldn't be seen as like the catch-all, but rather that it can infuse some of that, what makes it special into some of the other institutions mm-hmm. that we have uh, around the city. But I, I just feel like anytime some I hear somebody say they have an idea for a very specific group of people, it ends up coming to fruition at Northwest College. Yeah, that that's a great point. The other thing I was thinking about after that interview is we talk so much about equity, diversity, and inclusion as something that like literally makes businesses stronger. It is not just a nice thing to do uh, or a nice thing to say that you're doing <laughs> without actually doing it. Um, but I don't know if everybody takes that as seriously. So what do you think it's going to take to get people to actually walk the EDI talk? You know, I think that's a really tough one because as somebody who can tick some boxes on some of those EDI questionnaires, I don't feel like any of that stuff's really ever worked for me. You know, mm. being a person of color, being a female, I used to be young. So that was always on, a, on <laughs> one of the check boxes. But all those things, like I think we think that they're adding diversity to the bench, but they're not adding diversity because we aren't asking for anything that takes into account a difference of experience or a difference in way of thinking. And I do agree that it will make businesses stronger because you're going to keep getting the same answers to, to problems if you're always looking at them through the same ways of thinking. I think competition and taking this out of being an EDI problem and rather being a competitiveness problem is, mm-hmm. is going to be how you get people to walk the walk. It actually, I think it's naive of us to think that people are always going to do it just because it's the right thing to do. I think they're yeah. going to do it because it's going to give them a competitive advantage. Um, And the quicker they realize that, then they'll start actively recruiting people who are different. Um, It's kind of like when people say, oh, we can't find women to be on these boards or in leadership. It's like, well, you're not actually casting a net in the right ocean. You're you're casting it in the wrong ocean. And it's the same thing with EDI. If you want diversity of thought, then start being in front of people who think differently. Exactly right. Uh, so it seems like Autism Can Tech is a really successful and valuable program, and its current funding runs out in September 2023. So if it's going to continue long enough to help John and so many others, it's going to have to cobble together a mix of grants and philanthropy and tuition and uh, social enterprise. So I'll just say, if there's any listeners out there with a big bag of money, I would love to make a warm introduction to to Jenna. Also, as you heard, they're looking for employers to need, who need help with uh, digital asset management, data analytics, or audio post-production. So if that's you, visit autismcantech.ca because there's uh, lots of talent there waiting to help you. Yeah, interesting. I, uh, 
I think, you know, in the US, there's the organizations do a really good job of being social ventures. And we don't, we're learning here in Canada. I think we often um, just end up being like a nonprofit or grant dependent, and that's really tough. But I think there is a business case here uh, in terms of like building skills and engaging a part of the uh, part of the active workforce that is not being fully utilized right now. Mm -hmm. And when I think about some of the, even when I think about your chat with John and some of the things that he was saying about liking spreadsheets and being able to find information, I, I always wonder, like, is there some some sort of alignment with a place like Amy, for example. Yeah. Right. Because I would think that people with particular skills around analytics and data, there might be a role somewhere along the AIML value chain. So I wonder if there's something there. Maybe maybe Cam's listening and he will uh, have some sort of of uh, spark of inspiration. But I definitely think I don't know who listens to this podcast, but I know there's lots of people out there with big bag, big bags of money. So uh, hopefully they're the ones listening. Yeah, let's find them. Um, also on the social enterprise connection, there is an organization that formed about a year and a half ago here called ABC, which is about um, kind of creating and nurturing an ecosystem of social enterprise. We'll link that in the show notes. Um, so there is like beginning to be that sort of foundation to help people help each other make the whole thing stronger. We'll take a break uh, to hear from our sponsors. And when we come back, we'll look at another innovator who's been working on making the most of neurodivergence. Bloom is brought to you by Edmonton Unlimited. And here's a message from our sponsor. Every solution starts with an idea. At Edmonton Unlimited, we're here to help you build that idea into a thriving business. We offer free foundational programs like Business Model 101 and Discover and Validate, where you'll learn the basics of entrepreneurship and how to map out each element of your business model. Then you'll be ready to understand where your customers are and how to validate and build out that idea. Along the way, you'll be connected with like-minded problem solvers and get hands-on support from experienced facilitators. Register today and start your entrepreneurial journey with our foundational programs and more at edmontonunlimited.com. This episode of Bloom is also brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Alberta Blue Cross understands that running a small business is tough, and they understand that business owners in Alberta are busy. Let Alberta Blue Cross give you peace of mind with a group benefit plan. They offer health, dental, life, and disability coverage for your employees. Alberta Blue Cross Group Benefit Plans are easy to manage anywhere, anytime, and on any device, making it easy for you and your employees to access. To learn more and explore your options, head to ab.bluecross.ca. So uh, Jenna Gauthier from Autism Can Tech mentions that one of the assistive technologies that they use is RoboCoach, which, which was developed by Technology North. Uh, Ling Wang built that technology to help his son Brian find and keep meaningful employment. And that technology has since been used to help more than 300 adults on the autism spectrum find jobs. Uh, and Technology North itself employs nine people on the spectrum and they're looking to expand. What do you think of that company? 
Uh, well, you know, I don't know much about RoboCoach, but I know that Ling has been around the ecosystem for a long time. And Techno Technology North, I think when I first heard about them, uh, it was, I want to say like 2008, 2010, somewhere around there. And so the fact that Ling is continuing to find problems to solve using technology as his kind of enablement platform, you know, those are, those are the kind of companies we want to see more of in this city. And, uh, I love that he's not only figured out some technology or a product that can help somebody that he's got a personal connection to, but then he also builds the strength of that into uh, the output of that into his own company by employing folks that are on the spectrum. So I'm excited and, uh, and thrilled that he's continuing to find something important to solve here. Mm -hmm. And uh, he has been recognized, uh, I think, deservedly for that work. Earlier this year, he received a special citation for societal impact at the EY Entrepreneur of the Year Awards, and he received an Alberta Newcomer Recognition Award for his work in uh, inclusive workplaces. I'm glad he's getting recognition and awards are great. But again, these organizations need customers. So uh, I, I don't usually have this many call to actions, uh, calls to action in the episode, but I'm, I'm, I'm full with the fervor today. So if your company needs help with uh, digital transformation, data cleansing, quality control, inclusive process consulting, or video post-production, get in touch with them at technologynorth.net. Yeah, well, sounds like a lot of skills that could be used by... Uh media companies. So, mm -hmm. you know, people in media are always looking for new talent and definitely on the post-production side. Um, and even as we kind of blend podcasts and uh, vlogs and uh, even all the gaming companies we've got around here, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's tons of customers. I just need to, need to make them more aware. Make the connections. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This episode will be coming out just after demo day for the TELUS Community Safety and Wellness Accelerator and Technology North is one of the companies. The other two Edmonton ones among the 20 are VR Pathways, uh, who we talked about or talked to earlier this uh, season and Islamic Family. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they spin out of that accelerator um, experience. Yeah, I'll be interested to see if any of these companies uh you know, once they're done with this accelerator, if they go into 500 or growth X, because again, if you're looking for customers, which everybody is and should be, um, you know, it seems like growth X has proven that it's got a good framework for that. And, um, you know, I've been seeing a lot of positive comments from founders that have graduated there. And, and I think the applications, um, for 500 for the third cohort of that are open right now. So, uh, yeah, might be right. a good time to, to think about that. Yeah, we'll link to all that in the show notes in case that ap applies to you as well. And applications for cohort three of the uh, Community Safety and Wellness Accelerator are open until December 23. So that and everything else that we've talked about will be waiting for you online. Well, that's it for this week. If you haven't already, hit subscribe so you don't miss upcoming episodes of Bloom. And if you like this episode, share it with a friend. Bloom is produced by Taproot Edmonton with editing by Castria. Our music is by Davon Beaker and our cover art is by Wiki Biersinski. Bye.